Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Today we're featuring another special edition that's being recorded from the Convention Center in Spokane, Washington. Across from me is a very exciting guest, Dr. Manuel Alva. Dr. Alva, great to have you with us. Thank you. So glad to be here. Now you are someone who has been working with indigenous peoples in uh, actually the Americas, but not in North America. Tell us about some recent work that you've been doing. We've been doing some health education for people in Central America, specifically in Guatemala. Uh, the same uh, health problems that we see here in the United States or Mexico or in any Latin American country uh, where there is indigenous blood. And I'm one of them. Uh, we could have problems that affect uh, the Western society, like diabetes, for example. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest scourge. So in Guatemala, were you seeing a lot of diabetes? Yes, there's diabetes and there's overweight, specifically because the diet has changed over time to a more westernized diet instead of the traditional indigenous diet. Okay, so you saw firsthand evidence recently on on a trip that when people followed more of the traditional or indigenous practices, they had better health? Absolutely, yes. Uh, there's a segment of, pop- of the population there that have uh, access to corn, fresh corn, uh-huh. different colors of corn. Okay. And uh, each one with its own uh, capability for giving health through um, antioxidants and phytochemicals. And people that use those are usually healthier than mm-hmm. the ones that use the uh, manufactured or processed flowers and corn and sugars and oils and and all the things that are sold in stores rather than obtained from the land. Wow. So if uh, people listening to this show would connect with their indigenous roots and say, How, at our tribe or my family, I'm going to grow some of my own corn, this is a really health-giving plant we know. Correct, yes. Yeah. Uh, if, if it's used, in it's most... Uh, entire, more whole form, mm-hmm. uh, there's no problem with the starches. People are sometimes afraid of carbohydrates. Okay. Uh, if it comes in the whole package that contains fiber and the uh, peelings and the germs and the different parts of the grain, uh, eaten as a whole instead of in parts, uh, the healthier it is. Okay. Now, we haven't talked about your practice. You're actually practicing full-time in the United States, right? Correct. Yes. And so we want to look kind of through that filter at your experience in Guatemala. Tell us a little bit about your practice now in the United States. What do you do? Uh, I do gastroenterology. We see people with stomach problems. We try to detect cancer of the colon and the stomach earlier mm-hmm. than uh, before you know. It has onset of symptoms. And we see a lot of people, all our peoples from the Americas have, uh, from Latin America specifically, have mixed blood. I, For example, I have indigenous blood, and most of my patients do. Okay. Uh, our indigenous genes makes us very efficient in eating or processing or um, 
adapting to the more natural products. Uh-huh. As soon as we start eating refined or processed uh, plants, specifically starches, uh-huh. then we get into problems. We get into overweight mm. conditions. We get into diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Myself, I had that, those problems too. Oh, really? So, so what you're saying is we have scientific evidence that Native Americans, whether they're from North America, Central America, South America, if they follow their traditional diet, they do very well. But if they start eating the sugars and all the, the corn oil, they get into real problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a good correlation between uh, the genetic makeup of a person and how uh, able is to process and digest the natural products. Uh, the Europeans brought animals mm-hmm. that they uh, raised as cattle for dairy and for meat. And in the Americas, uh, the meat was from wild animals. And right. that was obtained only only sporadically. Uh, mm-hmm. People live more of the, of the products of the land. Uh-huh. So our genes are accustomed to be thrifty. They will not be used to uh, diet high in calories. Uh-huh. And when Christopher Columbus came to America, he to the Americas, he never saw any obese people. Good point. That obesity was not known. I mean, the mummies in uh, the deserts of Peru and Chile uh, do not show the same things that the Egyptian mummies showed. Huh. The osteoporosis and the obesity and the heart disease and all that is, was absent. Wow, this is very interesting. So really, what you're making a powerful case for is... As people listen to American Indian Living, those of our Native American listeners, you're really saying you need to, to live like your culture actually is designed to eat, and which is actually just happens to be the best diet, right? For, for every genetic group, for every race, actually. So for the Europeans listening, <laughs> right. you're not telling them they should be eating more meat and drinking more milk? Absolutely. Absolutely. That has been demonstrated by the... China study and other studies that have been done in large populations, the best diet and the best lifestyle is the, the one that is more natural, more outdoors, uh, ingesting the natural products and drinking water, for example. That's, that was okay. one of the greatest things. Okay. <laughs> so let's come back to this perspective you've got. You're seeing patients, do I understand right, in the Chicago area? Yes, That's where right, you practice. Right. But then you recently were in Guatemala. Right. What kind of other health insights were driven home on that recent uh, trip? Uh, there's a great incidence of gallstone disease. Gallstones? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I think that was, that was describing the Pima population. Oh, okay. And almost all of them, after the quote-unquote civilization entered, they all developed gallstones. There's a mm. high incidence of that. And we see that, as a matter of fact, uh, we were present in one surgery where a lady in Guatemala had problems with gallstones mm-hmm. and problems with cancer. That, wow. you know, that's another issue, right? Cancer mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. Uh, virtually unknown in the Americas, and at least in the mummy record. And, and we think of this as a more recent disease, but it's actually wow. a disease that was present uh, years ago, uh, centuries ago. Mm-hmm. And it's usually the result of bad health practices. Wow. Now, now you're a gastroenterologist, so you're a specialist in things that relate to intestinal health and the organs that are related to digestion. One of those organs is the liver. It makes bile, and then the gallbladder stores that bile. So if anyone's going to be an expert on 
how gallstones happen, we would say it's going to be a gastroenterologist, right? Well, yes. Uh, any person that sees uh, Latin American people knows that uh, gallstone disease is very common. Uh, usually happens after ladies get pregnant. It's more typically seen in, in ladies mm-hmm. after pregnancy. Why? Because there's a huge weight loss after pregnancy ah. and the mobilization of all the fat from the sides of the body and every area where fat is stored uh, when the person loses weight it goes all to the liver so that fat needs to be processed our our indigenous livers or livers with more indigenous genes uh-huh. are very efficient in throwing away fat ah. we're not made to be fat so as soon as uh, possible our liver tries to pull all that fat from the blood and dump it in the bile. Mm-hmm. When bile gets saturated with fat, then storms uh, or little crystals are formed. Okay. And those crystals glued together, coalesce and form gallstones with time. So should we, should we be saying then, um, Dr. Alva, that if someone is overweight and they have Native American genes, that they shouldn't lose the weight because they're going to get gallstones? <laughs> they should lose weight, but using natural products. Those are the ah. solubilized uh, fats, and the, the weight loss should be gradual. Okay, so gradual weight loss yes. is the message. Uh, yes. I'm Don't go on a crash diet. Correct, yeah. Okay. Yes. What other things came to your mind as you were taking your Western medical practice training down to Guatemala. You've seen patients in Chicago for many years. Were you struck by any other differences in seeing some of the indigenous folks there yeah, in there's, Guatemala? There's a disease that is very common in indigenous populations and also in Latin America, which is uh, Helicobacter pylori. Okay, tell us about that. That is a bacterium that can grow in the acid media of the stomach. Mm. Uh, it's the only genus, the only uh, microbe family that can persist in the stomach and it's usually not a big problem it lives with the person for a lifetime Uh certain strains are more offensive more aggressive Uh and can cause problems like ulcers and cancer of the stomach which happens to be very common the, one of the most common cancers in Latin America. It's really? almost unknown in the United States. Uh-huh. Uh, as being a physician trained in Mexico and the United States, I'm aware of that. And sometimes uh, when we do a, what is called a screening colonoscopy, mm-hmm. uh, some patients tell me that their relatives have stomach cancer in the countries that, where they came from. And we have found early stomach cancers in, in our population. It typically occurs in people that have come from the Americas, uh, from Latin America, and have a diet that is westernized diet, more refined products, more oh. meats, more dairy. That feeds into cancer. So if you have the two punches, we call it. One is to have the bacteria, Helicobacter pylori, and then have a westernized diet, then you have more of a chance to have stomach cancer. If... Uh, Cigarette smoking or alcohol drinking is present more so. Oh, really? So yes. alcohol and cigarettes also increase the risk absolutely. of stomach cancer? Absolutely. As well as ulcers? As well as ulcers, yes. Okay. Yeah. So what do you do? Do you try to identify if a person has this uh, germ? Is, is that important to try to identify? Well, typically in the United States, if you have symptoms that sound like an ulcer or gastritis, then that is investigated. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our population, obtaining a history of uh, 
gastric cancer in the, in, a, in the family or ulcers should prompt us to look for, look for that. Because sometimes the disease goes uh, asymptomatic. People don't feel anything. So it can be silent. It can be silent. We have seen early gastric cancers and stomach ulcers that were asymptomatic just by looking into wow. them. Yeah. So now if someone has early cancer of the stomach, early gastric cancer, is that something potentially treatable? It's potentially treatable. Um, there are several ways. If the patient is too old to have surgery, for example, uh-huh. then uh, the, the the area of gastric cancer can be removed endoscopically. You mean through a scope? Through you a can scope, actually take yes. the cancer out? and they If can it's be... early and it's superficial, really? yeah, that has been demonstrated first in Japan and also in the United States. But typically, patients are younger, uh-huh. and they can withstand surgery, and they, are, they have a portion of the stomach removed. And for all those that do not, do, not have any, do not want to have any more problems with cancer, we recommend a switch to a plant-based diet, more vegetables, mm-hmm. a more natural, more indigenous diet that prevents recurrences. That has been demonstrated also to, to prevent recurrences. Wow. So so basically what you're telling us, Dr. Alva, is that there's some things in the indigenous diet, if you will, and in the indigenous lifestyle that were really protective of disease. Correct. And when these European influences came onto this continent or these continents of the Americas, right. then brought a host of problems with them. Yes. But today, if we understand those relationships, we can actually, if we have indigenous bloodlines, can reorder our lives and really kind of potentially even rewrite our medical history. Is that too much to say? That is not uh, at all uh, too much. It's uh, it's what happens. Our our genes are expressed by what we feed, what Uh we feed them, but the way of uh, the, the lifestyle we have. Uh, if we live more in the outdoors and drink water and eat the natural foods that are available, uh-huh. our genes are going to be, it's like a library. The, the books get reordered. Okay. And we start using those genes that are the most, uh, the most useful for our lives and for our health. Wow. You've been giving us some, uh, some great information, Dr. Alva. I know our time is, uh, is just about slipped away from us, and I know the same is true for your time. But before we leave, I just want to thank you for having joined us today on American Indian Living. You've given us some great insights and helped us reconnect with cultural values. Listen, if you're tuning in today, no matter where you're at, no matter what your background is, I want to encourage you to stay by. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We've got some more great interviews coming up. Don't go away. We will be right back. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. My name is Florence A.Q. For lunch today, I had grilled chicken and squash. I am Zuni Indian, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. My name is D. Dakota Denesosi. I turned the TV off and took my nieces and nephews for a walk. We saw two jackrabbits, an eagle, and zero cartoons. I'm from the Dene Nation, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. 
Science has proven that if we lose as little as 10 pounds by walking briskly for 30 minutes, five days a week, and make healthier food choices, we can prevent diabetes. My name is Barbara Akisafbuk Curtis. I'm losing weight and being more active. I am Alaskan Inupath Eskimo, and I have the power to prevent diabetes. For more information on how to prevent diabetes, talk to your health care provider. For free materials, call the National Diabetes Education Program at 1-800-438-5383 and ask for the power to prevent diabetes. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. This is Meryl Streep. Over the years, I have played some characters you could call controlling, but the truth is there's so much in life we can't control. But here's something we can colorectal cancer. It affects men and women, and it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., which is astounding, considering it's almost entirely preventable. Here's how. Most colon cancers start as polyps, and screening helps find polyps so they can be removed before they even turn into cancer. Screening also finds this cancer early, when treatment works best. For me, screening was simple and quick. It was no big deal, except for the huge sense of relief you feel afterwards. There are several tests that you can choose from. If you're 50 or older, you should talk to your doctor. Decide which one's right for you. Take control. Do everything you can to prevent colon cancer. Screening saves lives. It could really save your life. For more information, call 1-800-CDC-INFO. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose continuing a special edition of American Indian Living from the Convention Center in Spokane, Washington, We've been at ASI 2015, and we're talking with some exciting guests who are making a difference in Indian country and beyond. What we're talking about right now in this segment is is really something amazing. We're talking about the power of divine guidance. Now, I I know that may sound amazing, but throughout Indian country, as I visit with people, individuals tell me that they've often had their life influenced by a creator, by a great spirit. We're going to be exploring that as I speak with a very special guest. We're talking about how life directions can actually be changed and how things can make a difference in a short time in your life. What we're going to be looking at very specifically is can your life be impacted? Can you be dealing with things that really are challenging in your life today But you're looking for some kind of hope. You're looking for some kind of change. That's what some amazing stories are going to put before us. So from the Convention Center in Spokane, Washington, we've got some great information coming up for you. And right in front of me right now is someone who's going to be sharing those insights with you. Someone who's part of the group sponsoring this very venue. Melvin, it's great to have you with us uh, for today's show. Well, thank you for inviting me. You have deep roots right here in Indian country. Tell us a bit about your background. Well, my name is Melvin Brazil-Gishik. I uh, am an Ojibwe from Lac La Croix First Nation. I have lived on the reserve for 23 years, and from there I moved into 
the state of Minnesota. And from there, I met my wife. We had, uh, we have two children together and two mm-hmm. stepchildren. Tell our listeners about some of the things that are happening right now in your life and in your family's life. We had bought a house back in 97 or so. Anyways, we had bought the house in good interest, but they seemed like they kind of forced us into a, a adjustable rate mortgage. Oh, okay. So we were going to church in a church that had native culture in it. So this is back in Minnesota or Canada? Minnesota. At this time, with our uh-huh. adjustable rate mortgage, it was perfect at the starting. Okay, because nice low rate and everything, right? We were told that our adjustable rate mortgage wouldn't go up 1% a year. But what had happened was it went 1% a month. No way. Till it maxed out at 14%. Whoa. And our 350 dollar house payment was 2280 or something like that. What? 2200 dollars? Mhm. From 350? Yes. And you really didn't want that to begin with. No. <laughs> How did you get out of this? I mean, this is a story that I think everybody wants to hear cuz a lot of people get into financial difficulties. Well, it was definitely hard. We got forced to move out of our home. We were living in Burnsville, which was a half hour south of the Twin Cities. Okay. Then from there, we moved an hour west of the Twin Cities, which is Annandale, Minnesota. Okay. And we rented for eight years mm-hmm. at, the, at this home. But amongst this time that we had moved to Annandale, we bought Bibles and started reading our Bibles because in the church, we weren't really getting our health nuggets or any any meat per se. So you were looking for physical health insights from the church? Yes. Now, that's interesting, because I know a lot of people tell me, regardless of what church they go to, that the church is focused on their spiritual health, but they don't seem to have much in the way of physical help but you were looking for that in a church yes we were okay then we then we were looking for a church we went to and found a church which was about half hour from our home mm-hmm. and we had started our intention to take our our older girls into church so this is I, i'm this is a very interesting journey because i know Right now, Melvin, you know, kind of the ending of the story, because you're here in the Pacific Northwest right now, making a difference, impacting the lives, especially of First Nation peoples, but people of every background you're you're working with, right? Amen. You're an, yes, a, what's called an outreach coordinator. I am an outreach coordinator. But, but I, we're interested in this story because you're someone who it sounds like from an early time, you went through some adversity, you got into a, a bad financial situation, had to move, leave your house, you're kind of displaced. That's a time a lot of people, uh, well, I mean, some people get depressed in that kind of a situation. But you're saying there's got to be something more, and you're actually looking 
for meaning and you're looking for a church, a group that's, uh, that's interested in your physical health as well. Am I, am I hearing all that coming through? Yes, that is correct. So tell us more about what happened. So as we were studying the Bible, we were finding out that the church where we were going to weren't really following what, what uh, the Bible is uh, actually going through. But anyways, we had my wife, Suzanne, was driving home and there was a cow in the middle of the road. A cow? A cow. It was a quarter mile from our driveway. Uh-huh. We have a quarter mile driveway and our neighbor's cow was out on the road. So she had stopped and made sure that all the vehicles behind her, so she put her hazards on. Oh, right, right. So put the car strategically where people will see Uh that there's a hazard going on on the road. So she went and knocked on her door and says, is that your cow that is in the middle of the road? And she says, yeah, let's go get it. So they went and got it right away. Uh She noticed that our neighbor had a little white cap that was in the back of her her head uh-huh. and asked her that she if she was a Christian and she said yes um, then my wife continued forward and asked her if she was a Sabbath keeper because we were reading about Sabbath on on our in our Bibles most people go to church on Sunday the first day of the week but you're reading in the Bible, and it says the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, yes. right? Am I yes, that along? is correct. Okay. So your, you, your wife, just out of the blue, asks this woman if she goes to church on Saturday, basically. Yes. And she says she doesn't believe in the Saturday Sabbath, but her mom did. So anyway, she, she, uh, they got the cow out of the road, and she asked, do you know anybody that knows about the Sabbath? And she says, yes, I know of a family that, that keeps the Sabbath. So we got their number and started studying. Really? Mm-hmm. And it, it, was, it was important to you because you read about it in the Bible and you thought, well, this is how we want to live our lives. We want to order it according to this book. Yes. I want to say it was a defined meeting on my wife's interaction. Yeah, definitely not a common situation to come across a cow just standing there in the middle of the road. I mean, I lived in Oklahoma for many years, and sometimes cows would get on the road, but they usually wouldn't just stay in the middle of the road. I mean, this is this is kind of an unusual situation. Yes. So, uh, we had met this uh, family that were willing to study with our family and we got something in the mail a big old manila envelope with all kinds of material uh-huh. and there was a native new day dvd uh-huh. in this in this packet that was sent to us uh-huh. so we watched the video the family that studied that were studying with us took down the information and ordered the whole set Oh, really? Studying studying with this family. We were uh, 
starting to understand about Bible studying. We had went through one study and now we're halfway in through Native New Day. Uh-huh. And uh, the family that had ordered Native New Day was told that Monty Church was going to be coming to Cass Lake, which was four and a half hours north of where we live. Uh-huh. So we uh, made plans to go check it out. And Monty, of course, is the speaker, Monty the host of Native the New Day. Host, yes. So you're going to go meet this fellow that you've been watching his uh, his studies. Yes. Well, Melvin, our time has just about slipped away from us. We've got to close out this segment, but I know you're able to stay by for more. I appreciate that. We're going to be coming back with more of Melvin's experience, things that actually show you that there's more to health and influences in our life than just the choices we make. There does seem to sometimes be a creator, a divine hand, a great spirit that intervenes in our life. We've got some more amazing insights coming up from a First Nation person that actually give you courage that things can change in your life as well. Don't go away. We will be right back. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. I'm Karen, and two very important people in my life, my husband and my father, have been diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation, or AFib, is a type of irregular heartbeat. People with AFib are five times more likely to have a stroke than people without AFib. Talk with a healthcare professional today about your risk and learn how to manage AFib to prevent a stroke. Visit stroke.org slash AFib to learn more. My name is Mira Batra. I have been in this country 32 years, and this is how I live united. America has always been the land of promise, and in my community, many families have come for a better life. Coming from another culture myself, I know the desire to become part of a community, to feel at home and to gain the tools for our children and families to succeed. So I advocate for these families with United Way. United Way empowers them to look beyond their histories and to see what opportunities are available. We help them get involved with their kids' schools, network within the community, and when we do, we unite them. We make the community stronger. What I do is something I wish someone had done for me, and I am so grateful I am able to. My name is Meera Batra. I help families see opportunities and succeed. I don't just wear the shirt. I live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? And that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes. It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 
1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose, broadcasting from a venue in Spokane, Washington, in a convention center here where the ASI International Conference is being held in 2015. Across from me, Melvin Brazil Gishik. And uh, Melvin, help us to just see a little bit more clearly what you've been talking about. Because you went through some very difficult experiences. You mentioned getting into some real financial hardships. What was it that really helped things to turn around in your life? We went up north to Cass Lake and checked out the first the first of the seminar series. Uh-huh. And the pastor where we had stayed says, Well, did you like what the pastor had to say? And I said, Yes. I would love to come, but I don't have the funds to be coming here for the next six weeks. Oh, it was a it was a six week series. Six weeks, and series. you'd have to be driving four and a half hours one mm-hmm. way. And I would only be going there on the weekend. Wow, because you were working at the time. Yes. Wow. To make matters short, the pastor says, "Give me a minute." So he went and grabbed his church members. And he went and took them out back, and they probably went and discussed if they could pay for our gas. Oh, really? He came back and says, what if I told you if we reimbursed you for the gas that, that you would uh, incur? So I says, yes, I'll be, I'll be back. Okay. So within the six weeks, therefore, us traveling back and forth, Monty and his crew would come to our home and catch us up. Really? They'd visit your home? Yes. They would catch us up with the seminars that that they were doing up north. Tremendous. Yes. So basically you could only come on the weekends. Yes. And he's doing stuff all week long. Yes. So you're missing out on some of the material. And he took time out of his busy schedule wow. to catch us up with the seminar. How did that make you feel? That was... It was wonderful. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Tremendous. At the end of the series, I told my wife, we're going to get baptized. Uh-huh. So me, my wife, my daughter, Asia, and my son, Junior, were baptized. So how, so how did that uh, change your life? What, what difference did it make, learning these Bible truths and saying, I'm going to live a lifestyle that's based on these principles in the Bible? Well, the whole thing about what the Bible says is debt is a curse. So when we uh, went back to our home in Annandale, uh-huh. we found a church, an Adventist church, 45 minutes from where we were. Uh-huh. And they did a financial seminar series that was 10 weeks long and said that debt was not meant for us to carry. So we needed to pay off our debt and be debt-free. So at this time, mm-hmm. I, we had probably 60000 in debt. Wow, that's a lot of money. Oh, it takes a lot of money to live. <laughs> no, no, I know, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, though, that's to, to just get to a point and say, I'm going to pay this off, I mean... It took a while. Okay, okay. It took a while. But anyways... Probably 
three and a half years ago, we decided to move north to uh, Thief River Falls. In Minnesota again. In Minnesota. Uh-huh. So that was five hours north from where we were, oh, northwest. Okay. okay. So I had to get out of my job. What kind of work had you been doing up to that point? I was working for Hennepin County Public Works, and uh, I was two months short of my eight year of eight years of working there, mm-hmm. which it takes eight years to get vested. Okay, so you would get benefits like when you retired and things yes. like that. So I was too too months short, but. With that, I took out all my insurance that was 401k and... Oh, so like retirement accounts retirement and things. Retirement account, uh-huh. para, yeah. So they basically stayed those two months, finished that out? No. Oh, okay, okay. So I cut myself off at the, at the toes. But anyways, I got out of that job, took out my, my retirement paid off my debt you were able to pay off at 60,000 we paid it off really that's amazing god has a way of doing things by the time we paid off the debt next thing you know a couple months later monty says hey do you want to be a bible worker there's a there's a church that's right in the center of a indian tribe that would like to have you come. Uh-huh. So I came to Plummer. This is Plummer, Idaho. Okay. Yes. And uh, had my uh, little interview with them uh-huh. on the weekend. And a month later, they said that they would want me to come and be their Bible worker. So you left Minnesota. Left Minnesota. And came to Idaho? Yes. Wow. So it's been a year. It's almost, yeah, it's been a year. Melvin, one of the things that we talk a lot about on the show is health impact of decisions. You've been telling us a story about your life, how things dramatically changed when you came to an understanding about some of the financial burdens that you were under. As you learned about some of these principles in the Bible, did you find that it made a difference in the physical health of you and your family? Yes. Tell us about that. When we were studying about Native New Day, we had we were looking at Native New Health as well. And in one of those videos, it said, walking three miles a day is good for your health mm-hmm. and ever since then we've uh, incorporated that in our in our family that's great yeah i mean we've talked about uh, native new health we've had ed dunn uh first nations person from canada who hosts that on the radio show and, of course, uh, you know, you mentioned Monty Church and Native New Day. Monty is, has been on the program a number of times as well. So what you're saying, Melvin, is you're a real-life example of how someone can watch television programming 
and you can actually say, I, I'm going to make changes in my life based on this show. So it was just that one show that Ed and Gina, uh, two First Nation peoples, hosted talking about exercise that caused your whole family to get on an exercise program? Well, let's go back here to when I was living in uh, Burnsville mm -hmm. and our children were growing up. We didn't like how they were treating us as parents. So we got rid of all our secular videos that we had, secular movies, okay, and changed the outlook and changed the media, the pressure that our children had at that time mm -hmm. in hopes that we would have a better family life, more connection rather mm -hmm. than more sassiness or mm -hmm. more more of that pressure that the children are going through when they go to school. So you saw your kids being pulled by the kind of Western culture, if you will, the, the media and all, and they were not growing up the way you wanted them to grow up. That's right. So at, at this point, when we had moved to Annandale, one of our, our oldest girl had already finished the school system and was already into the secondary schools. Uh-huh. The he was she was in college and uh she didn't understand or know where we were coming from when we were studying with with this family. Mm -hmm. She didn't know that part or understand that part. All she knew was she's going to school and who's going to be paying for what and what not. And right. Am, am I going to get a career? Hmm. So with that, our second daughter, we had pulled her out of ninth grade because of the peer pressure and uh, not so much animosity animosity but the but the sassiness that was coming mm. from her going to school so let me see if i've got the kind of family composition straight you have at this point two older daughters mm -hmm. and it was at the time when you were studying the native new day series mm -hmm. before you had met monty church personally yes. right and you're already at this time saying this uh, this is not a healthy family relationship. Yes. And so you're starting to make these changes in the family. Yes. So where did things go from there? Well, I think the only thing that I can say it is it had blossomed mm -hmm. more so then because we have now understood the health message for what it is. And next thing you know, we're understanding what the Bible has to say for each and every one of us. So understanding the Ten Commandments and understanding, hey, we have to love one another, love our God. Mm -hmm. And with that, God has taken each of our trials that we've faced through buying a house, um, having to get rid of that house, moving to a different area, understanding 
the pressures of our children in that area, mm-hmm. going to a different church and understanding societal views at at that point in our lives and starting to under, starting to question, hey, is there a better way? Is there is there something that we need to know? Hmm. So just moving forward and understanding that there is a hope in reading the word, mm-hmm. getting convicted and opening your eyes, not only to what the Bible has to say for us, but starting to live what the Bible has to say mm-hmm. for us. Melvin, thank you so very much for sharing your experience. We do have to close out this segment, and I know we've got another guest waiting in the wings. Dr. Neil Nedley will be sharing some insights about depression that I know uh, you're probably interested in hearing, as well as the the folks on the radio. But I just want to thank you for sharing from your personal experience some really, I would say, amazing insights, things that encourage us that there is something more happening. There is uh, meaning and purpose in life, whether we find that uh, from the God of the Bible, whether we find it from other spiritual traditions, there does seem to be a higher power, a a creator, a great spirit, whatever uh, our our listeners want to term it, that wants to be personally involved in people's lives. We've got to slip away. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We will be back with more from the Convention Center in Spokane, Washington. Don't go away. More coming up in just a couple of minutes. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. What I say, you already know, but you don't believe. You won't accept, you don't conceive. When you're inside your car, you feel safest of all. Are you safe? Are you? Two tons of sheet metal in your hands. Two tons don't run on autopilot. You have a mission. It's no collision. Hold the phone. Don't text. You're angling to be next. Oh, you've done it before. What's the harm? Just this once, there's no alarm. Got your hands on the wheel? No big deal. Brothers and sisters, you won't see it coming. You're off the road. Your life explodes. It's not worth it. Don't do it. You only think there's nothing to it. Put it down. Hang up. Pay attention to highway action. Behind the wheel, there is no such thing as a small distraction. Join the conversation at DecideToDrive.org. A public service message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons who would rather help keep your bones strong than put them back together. We are here to say a word about cancer. When you talk to someone who has been diagnosed with cancer, be positive. Be supportive. That's it. Stop right there. Don't start telling them about your Uncle Vern. Or the next door neighbor. Don't be grim. Try not to disappear either. Don't cross to the other side of the street. Don't stop calling. Don't cry. Don't ever say you're living my worst nightmare. You know who you are. Here's the important part. Be positive. Be positive. Se positivo. Say these words. You will do great. Keep calling. Check in. Be a friend. Or be a new friend. Be a supportive. Positive friend. Smile. Try not to be afraid. Or act afraid. Fear is not useful. Be a funny, hopeful human being. If you come across cancer, let it transform you into your most positive self. And inspire. Urge. Fortify. Rally. Encourage someone to do great. 
This message brought to you by Cancer Survivors. For more information, to hear stories or share your own, visit DoGreatCampaign.com. Do great. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We're recording another segment right here in Spokane, Washington, the venue, the ASI International Convention 2015. Across from me, a name that's very familiar to many people throughout Indian country and beyond. It's Dr. Neil Nedley. Neil, it's great to have you with us here. Well, thank you, Dr. DeRose. It's great to be with you. Neil, you've made a huge impact in helping people improve their mental health. You're known by many for your developing of the uh, Nedley Depression Recovery Program. Uh, How long has that program been out there? Well, it came out in 2002. We used to just do it in the office clinical setting, and then we expanded it to... uh, to have more people access it. And so we came out with a DVD program as well as the workbook. It, it went along with some textbooks and then trained directors and facilitators. Now, I know I've gone through that training myself, and uh, I know many others have gone through it. I, do you have any idea on how many people you've trained to run these community-based depression recovery programs? It's um, in the hundreds, but I'm not sure exactly uh-huh. how many. I know we've had 5,700 uh, as of a year ago, that had gone through the entire eight-week program, so that we had before and after results. Oh, okay. From so, uh, not just a small number. No, no. So, what kind of results are you seeing with the program? Well, the average uh, individual comes in with moderate depression mm-hmm. and leaves with no depression. Now, wait a minute. They come with moderate depression. Moderate, major depression. Eight weeks, the average individual leaves with no depression. The, the response rate, you know, in the medical world, we look at response rates, and the idea of a response rate is that you have to um, lower your depression scores by greater than 50%. Okay. And so the response rate for major depression um, is 85% in that program. Now, this seems incredible because a lot of us as physicians, we're used to seeing data on prescription medications for depression. I mean, how does it compare to something like that? Well, it's far superior to actually anything that's been described for depression today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, interestingly, it doesn't have side effects. It's just a mental health education program. Uh-huh. You're just learning how the brain works and, and uh, being coached to incorporate that information in your life. And it turns out it works better than any combination of antidepressants or any other modality for depression. So what kind of uh, what kind of principles are you using? Because I know folks in Indian country have used these principles. They've said they make a difference. What does the program look like if you were to just encapsulate it quickly? Well, we deal first with lifestyle measures. Um, mm-hmm. And so what we find, find out is our behavior actually does have an influence over our emotions. Okay. And so the first thing we do is actually have the individual undergo behavioral changes that will optimize the brain and optimize their emotions. So physical exercise, for instance. Okay. Um, intermittent uh, training and other types of aerobic exercise. Getting them to be fit is one of the principles that we utilize. Uh, circadian rhythm, getting them on a regular sleep-wake schedule. Hmm. And ideally, actually it's been shown to be equivalent to Prozac, is to be changed over to an early-to-bed, early-to-rise um, 
circadian rhythm. Now, l- let me see if I've got this straight. So one of the first, actually the first of this uh, very popular class of drugs for depression, Prozac, mm-hmm. which we know works. I mean, you, you can actually Correct. look at research on it. Yeah. You're saying you can get as much benefit from just getting to bed earlier every night? That's correct. Yeah, it actually um, helps greatly with getting rid of negative thoughts. Really? Just yes. going to bed earlier? Just going to bed earlier and getting up earlier and again getting light in the morning is okay. an additional benefit. So what does that mean earlier? What time do you, do you tell people to shoot for a uh, certain hour? Ideally around 9 o'clock. Wow. You know, uh, 10 o'clock is, is still okay, but uh, once it starts getting much past that, then we're going to see a significant drop-off in regards to emotional and mental health benefit. So you're telling people, get exercise, go to bed earlier. What other behavioral advice do you give in your program? Well, nutritional advice. And mm-hmm. so uh, we're looking at a, uh, a nutritional program that's going to be adequate in getting both tryptophan and tyrosine into the brain. And why are why are these things important? Tryptophan is what's turned into serotonin, so that helps with anxiety, helps you to stay calm under stress, helps your mood to be um, elevated and be able to take care of the usual nuisances of life without getting okay. uh, perturbed over them. Mm-hmm. And then what about the tyrosine? Uh, tyrosine helps out with your focus, um, with your energy level. It helps out with fatigue. And it also helps out with interest because tyrosine gets turned into two chemicals, norepinephrine as well as dopamine. Mm. And dopamine has a lot to do with our interest and motivation in life. Okay. So someone's listening. Maybe they have a nutritional background. They say, well, tryptophan and tyrosine, those are amino acids or protein building blocks, right? That's correct. So they're saying, well, I'm glad I'm eating all that bacon and eggs and wild yeah, game. Cause, and is that right? Well, it turns out that those are those are good sources of tryptophan and tyrosine, but they're not they're not going to get into the brain. They may get into your muscle or other areas. Uh-huh. It's actually a carbohydrate mediated mechanism. So, what does that mean? That means that we need to have um, carbs uh, on board, and so meat is a carbohydrate deficient food. Okay, it's high in protein, high in fat, but virtually void in carbohydrates, and in addition. The amino acid mixture in meat actually produces more competitors to mm. prevent tryptophan and tyrosine from getting into the brain. Wow. So what do, what do you tell people to eat then if they want to improve tyrosine and tryptophan in the brain? Well, there's fortunately a lot of plant foods that have them. Okay. And so, uh, you know, things like um, uh, soy, things like lentils, uh-huh. um, legumes, even spinach, uh, you know, the, the greens. Uh, mustard greens are a very good source of um, of tyrosine, uh, and uh, even watermelon is a pretty good source really? of uh, of tyrosine. Yeah. So eating watermelon is good for my brain. It's good for your brain. Yeah, it can help pro- provide some energy and focus. One of the reasons why we tell people not to eat, you know, if they're on the early to bed, early to rise program, it's best not to eat watermelon in the evening. Why is that? Uh, because it'll make you so you don't want to go to sleep. You know, it can rip you up. A oh, bit. it has that much of an effect. Yeah, if you're on a caffeine-free program. Okay. And, so, and caffeine-free is one of the additional benefits of the program. It is a caffeine-free program, and that helps with your anxiety levels, helps your frontal lobe to be able to cope more with stresses. Uh, caffeine is actually now being called the silent killer of emotional intelligence. 
Wait a minute. The silent killer of emotional, of intelligence. emotional intelligence. Yeah. Now, I think all the listeners have probably heard about emotional intelligence, but in just a nutshell, what is that? Emotional intelligence is knowing and understanding your emotions and the emotions of others and responding to those emotions in a healthy way. Okay. And you're saying if I'm using caffeine, I'm not going to be as in touch with my own emotions as I could be? That's right. And the emotions of others. Wow. And you're not going to tend to respond as appropriately. For instance, uh, studies have shown that when caffeine is on board, you're more likely to gossip, uh, which is not the most emotionally intelligent thing to do. Because it can come back and (laughs) get you in trouble. (laughs) Exactly. And can contribute to your depression. (laughs) Okay. Well, this is interesting. So we've got... Regular hours for sleep, getting to bed early. We've got exercise. We've got proper nutrition. We're avoiding the caffeine. Any other important pillars of your program? Well, the the rest of the important pillar has to do with actually analyzing our thoughts. Oh, okay. So although it's our behaviors that influence our, our emotions, our thoughts are actually the cause of our emotions and behavior. So once we get the brain chemistry to the point where we can actually be a good analyzer of our thoughts, mm-hmm. we teach people the 10 different ways of distorted thinking and how to correct those thoughts and reconstruct them into what is accurate. And accurate thoughts produce much more calm and actually much more elevated moods. Now, do people who have depression, do they realize their thoughts are not accurate? No, they think that they're uh, rational and just uh, right on board and that they're looking at life, um, you know, uh, through a correct lens. But um, they find out in the program uh, through very common examples that uh, they're actually using many of these distorted thoughts on a regular basis. And so it's quite enlightening for them. It's actually exciting. At first they think, wait a minute, you're saying that this is my problem in the way I'm thinking? But uh, in, in reality... It's actually empowering to them to recognize that it is their thoughts that cause their emotions and behavior because that's something they can change. Wow. Dr. Nedley, our time has just about slipped away. How does someone get more information about the Depression Recovery Program? Well, they could call in the U.S., 580-226-8007, or they could log on to our website, nedleyhealthsolutions.com, and, um, and learn more about our depression and anxiety recovery programs. Nedleyhealthsolutions.com? Correct. That phone number again? 580-226-8007. Yes. Well, that's really all we've got time for in this edition of American Indian Living. We've got to close out our program from the Convention Center in Spokane, Washington. Hopefully you've enjoyed those insights from Dr. Neil Nedley speaking about simple things you can do to make a difference as far as your mental health. For all of us at American Indian Living, I'm Dr. David DeRose wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Service.